What's up, folks? Welcome back to the next bite. In this episode, we're talking all about smart tattoos that can help collect biometric data about your body. We also talk about how wearable technology intersects with Hannah Montana and Iron Man. I think you're going to like this one, so check it out. I'm Daniel. And I'm Forbode. And this is the Next Byte Podcast. Every week, we explore interesting and impactful tech and engineering content from Weevolver.com and deliver it to you in bite-sized episodes that are easy to understand, regardless of your background. What's up, everyone? And like we said, we're talking about the intersection here of technology um, and inflexible wearables and honestly, all the way to the point of making something that we can call like basically a smart tattoo, right? A printed bioelectric patch. But as a part of that, I want to talk about a quick article from our sponsor for today's episode, Mauser Electronics. Um, if you've listened to this podcast at all, or you know, maybe if you went and purchased electronics for a hobby project or something at work, you know that Mauser is one of the world's leading electronic suppliers. Um, they're meant to cater towards people prototyping new projects, hobbyists working at home, engineers designing the next big thing. As a part of that, they've got a connection to some of the most cutting edge technology and have awesome technical resources to learn about that technology as well. One of the resources I want to share today is talking about how nanotechnology has helped to create flexible and wearable electronics. And I think it, it talks kind of about how wearables are in this big boom, right? Everyone wants to be able to wear technology and bring it around with them everywhere they go. And flexible electronics are also having a big boom, which is like, we want to be able to have electronics that are able to bend and flex and form to the surface that you're putting it on. Like think about like a curved LED screen that like, you could right. put on like a sticker, but also be flexible in the fact that it's durable, right? So you can continue to flex it back and forth. And we, we've started to see flexible electronics make it into the market with like the Samsung's folding phones, right? They've got the the folding phones, like a flip phone, but the mm -hmm. screen is part of the hinge that folds as well. So pretty impressive technology, right? They talk about how nanotechnology has enabled both of these two things to happen separately. And if we were to leverage more nanotechnology, we could make flexible wearable technology, um, which is like an intersection of those two big, two big booms coming together. Um, they also talk about how like the, the key nanomaterial they think could solve this problem is graphene. Um, and for Bode and I actually, if you didn't know this, we met while doing research on graphene together. So it hits a sweet spot for both of us. I think you might like it if you're listening to this, so you should check it out. It's in our show notes. Dude, that, that's exactly what I was thinking when you said it. I'm like, oh my God, this sounds so familiar. Not, not only is it graphene, it's also like flexible wearables, which is also like one of the avenues we're exploring. And that's, that's nuts. Look at that. Yeah. We we were right on the money. What? Like, yeah, we 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 actually got an article published, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, you guys can look us up. Maybe one day we'll do an episode on ourselves, right? Yeah, that'd be We're amazing. not that important, though. <laughs> All right, so on that note, let's jump into what we were talking about for this episode. Um, we're talking about smart tattoos, right? The, these mm -hmm. flexible printed nano circuits that, that you can use, and it looks like a tattoo, right? You can design whatever design you want, but the point there is that these smart tattoos are able to measure biometric data. So it mm -hmm. kind of goes right onto this avenue we were talking about with this Mauser article as well, which is flexible wearable technology. So wearables that you can slap on your skin like a sticker and it looks like a tattoo um, and it's able to be durable enough to last a couple of days and it collects enough data about your body that it can give your doctor or give yourself if you're planning your workouts or tracking yourself, you're tracking your health very uh, meticulously. It collects enough data um, 
that you're able to get a holistic understanding of the health of the body just by slapping this sticker onto your skin. Right. And then the, the reason that these folks went down this avenue um, from the Carnegie Mellon University and the University of Coimbra from Portugal, it's actually like uh, two plus two equals four. Like it totally makes sense. They're like, look, there's, there's just been crazy boom in wearables, right? And that has resulted into more and more rigorous research into e-skin and e-textile. So that those are things that are like super, super thin that you can wear on yourself to give you that biometric data, right? And what the big goal, the big picture that they're looking for is being able to track long-term physiological data without putting the patient at discomfort, right? Like yeah, we, I don't we also talk around. about like, exactly, right? You don't want to put the patient in discomfort. You don't want it to inhibit their life at all. At the same time, you also want this thing to be durable enough and like rigorous enough that it lasts for a couple of days and you don't have to worry about the fidelity of the data that it's collecting, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, that's some of the challenges with wearables as they exist today is people, some people get concerned about like, why is Apple Watch advertising that they can do X, Y, Z when we're not actually 100% sure that this data is reliable, right? So this team from Carnegie Mellon and University of Coimbra from Portugal, they're trying to get like, not just like, oh, this is like a cool bell and whistle for your wearable watch. Like they're trying to get medical quality data from this thing and have it last a couple of days through your normal life activities without degrading. And I think that's really impressive. Absolutely. So it had, like you said, it has to put up to the, the wear and tear that you're going to put it through in your daily life, right? So that's you showering, exercising for those of us that exercise. And uh, I was kind of, you know, calling myself out there because I need to work out. <laughs> I hope you, I, I was hoping you weren't throwing shade at me. <laughs> no, I was definitely at myself. Uh, and uh, it also has to be comfortable because if it's not, you're just going to yank it off of yourself, right? Or, like if, or if not do your normal activities. If you're like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to make sure that this sticker stays on. Maybe I'm not going to work out as hard today. Well, Ooh, that that inherently that a selling point that inherently skews the data, right? If you're if you're changing your lifestyle to accommodate this exactly. thing that you're putting on, that that's not the point. The point is for you to live your life normally. It doesn't inhibit you, and it's also able to collect enough data. So they talk about some different applications like remote patient monitoring, right? In this um, inception of remote care, especially coming out of this pandemic, um, it helps doctors scale, right? If they're able to collect the next, you know, say they tell me to put the sticker on after my surgery and they're able to connect, collect my information on my vitals for the next five days after my surgery, I don't have to stay in the hospital. So it costs less for me. They're able to remotely monitor multiple patients. So it allows them to be more effective. And, and the point there is it allows people to go back to their normal life and still collect medical quality data without being hooked up to all these instruments like you typically be able like you typically have to when you're in recovery from a certain procedure or if you're training for a really important event um it, it allows us to be a lot more flexible pun intended there <laughs> um, on how on how we collect data about our body you're absolutely right and i quickly want to talk about you know like what existed out there like what prompted them to do the research that they did so they were like, look, when it comes to this world of like, again, e-skin, e-textile, these super thin wearables, what really matters a lot is the electrode composition. So the electrode is what's picking up the electric signals all around your body to have, to inter interpret it and get those uh, necessary biometric data. And what it really happens, what it breaks down to right now is you have gel electrodes that really conform well to your skin and they have low electrode skin impedance, which means that you get very great signal integrity, right? Yeah, Im impedance is just resistance. Like a, a fancy term for electrical resistance. So how hard right. is it for these sensors to pick up electrical currents inside your body? Especially if you're transmitting 
um, signals with very low strength, the last thing you want is noise being introduced by the thing that's supposed to do the job of carrying that data, right? I mean, it makes sense. Then you have these dry metal electrodes that are supposed to be more comfortable, but they don't adhere that well to like the concaves of your skin and your body, but they're easier to implement. They allow you to come up with any desirable form factor that you want. They also allow for low cost manufacturing, which means scalability. And this is something that these folks were already thinking about. When we talk about low cost manufacturing here, we're literally talking about for these dry electrodes, you can put whatever design you want in a computer, hit print on a printer, and it's able to print these types of electrodes. And that's something exactly. for both that you and I even worked on while we were yes. doing research. Yes. So, but, but the thing here is like that, that's the kind of programmable, pick your own design. Um, it, looks, it looks like whatever you programmed it to look like. That's where we derive this like tattoo part, part of this electrode is like you, you can design this to even look fashionable, right? As part of the use of the electrode. But the challenges there being it doesn't have the same impedance performance that the gel electrodes do. And the problem with the gel electrodes is they don't hold their form factor. They don't hold their shape as well as the dry ones do. Yep. And that, that's what it comes down to. There is no truly wearable, thin film, comfortable, low cost electrophysiological monitoring system that can actually give people insight at a medical grade of what's going on with their bodies. So that's where these folks come in. They were like, we need to find, we need to take like Hannah Montana, this thing, right? Like it's the best of both worlds. How can we extract <laughs> the best things possible from these technologies and make one cohesive solution? And that's where the electric, electronic tattoo idea came about. And what's interesting about even like the electronic tattoos is that there's apparently a lot of progress being made, but a lot of the stuff that people are making, they don't last that long, they degrade. And even the majority of the papers being published don't even talk about like how this can be applied to make something out of it. They're focused primarily on these uh, manufacturing process. And that's about right. it. They're, they're talking about an incremental breakthrough on one part of the process, right? Like I can make this thing two times faster than the person before me, mm-hmm. or I can get a better connection with this skin. But that, that's kind of a, a sign of the maturity of the technology in general. If all you're talking about is optimizing one slice of the pie and you don't yet have a full proof of concept of like, hey, here's this concept. Let's go put it into, you know, let's go put it into the real world. Let's implement this. Let's do the thing that we want to do, which is like collect data at a medical grade over multiple days in a way that doesn't inhibit the user. Yeah. So that's really what they did. They made this platform that you can make patches for patients that track all this biometric data without it being uncomfortable, holding up to all this like uh, (laughs) bathing, exercising, whatever you do in your day and still perform well. And we got to get into the sauce now because you know that's our favorite part. Yeah. The secret sauce. And this sauce is all about the, I, I think I'm going to mispronounce it, but I think it's EGALN or EGALN, and it stands for Eutectic Gallium Indium. And it, it sounds like a mouthful, but at the end of the day, it's just a gallium indium alloy that stays at a liquid state in room temperature. That, that's like the main thing you got to know about it. It has a high surface tension and it's still conductive, which makes it great for stretchable sensors, right? If and it, you if, basically have this flexibility that comes along with a soft conductive gel, but you also have a lot of the programmability and printability and manufacturability that you get with these dry solid electrodes as well. So exactly. it's kind of like, like you said, they're Hannah Montana-ing it. They're taking the best of the solid inks and the best of the liquid inks and combining it into this biphasic conductive gel that they're using in, the, in their electrode solution. I hope we can coin Hannah Montana as like a whole verb moving forward. But yes, you're absolutely right. And 
that, that what they came up with using this uh, gallium indium alloy was making a different composite that's made of silver and this alloy. And it brought the best of both worlds together. So you get all, all the good conductive properties that you want. It conforms well to the skin. It's printable. It's easy to scale, easy to manufacture. And they're actually able to print with a resolution that's uh, less than 300 micron, which is like pretty small. And they can make these things, uh, you know, with a maximum thickness of 50 microns. So they can go even lower than that. And the way they made this, uh, made this tattoo is pretty impressive as well. The technology they use is similar to how we do t-shirt printing. You know, like you put the pattern on, there's a heat press, and then boom, your t-shirt's made. They have this uh, layer of TPU, which is plastic. Then there's this soft PCB, so that's the electronics layer, that goes with the ink. And then another layer of plastic then the adhesive, then the paperback, which you peel off like a sticker and put on yourself. And this circuitry that you got going on connects to like this analog device that goes in the middle of your chest, like your freaking Iron Man. And that is what does, you know, the, it has the power, it transmits the data wirelessly, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you look like this super cool cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. I guess Iron Man. Yeah, that's, that's well, the, that's only the best way I to got. describe it. Yeah. Uh, hopefully Disney doesn't come after us for using Iron Hannah person. Montana and Iron Man yeah, in right. the same episode. But that being said, right, we we called this a smart tattoo, um, and part of the reason that is the case, right, is we're not talking about a patch that's like you know like this big thick clunky patch that goes on your skin like a bandage. We're talking about something that's less than fifty microns thick. The thickness of the human hair is 70 microns. So, so mm-hmm. think about that. It's literally thinner than a human hair. And it's got the electrodes on there that are able to collect a lot of information about the human body. Um, everything from, like, I, I, I tried to write down a list here. They track their brain activity using mm-hmm. EEG. They track eye activity using EOG. They track your muscles and your facial expressions and your hand gestures using EMG. And they're yep. also able to track a lot of information about your heart and your body temperature. Um, how blood much oxygen, oxygen is in your blood. Yeah, yeah. It, like it's, it's, it seems like a really holistic picture of how the body's doing. And remember, this thing is thinner than a human hair. Um, you, I imagine you wouldn't even feel it on your body. It wouldn't feel heavy. It wouldn't feel clunky. And you, you mentioned this like Iron Man box that all these electrodes connect, collect, connect to. And it's like kind of the motherboard or like the, you know, the real brain for all these sensors. Mm-hmm. I was concerned like, man, this thing's going to be huge. Um, it's, it's going to be quarter. really clunky. I'm not going to want to wear it. Yeah, it's it's about the size of a quarter. Um, or if I if I think about it, it's about the size of my Apple Watch, right? So they talked about putting this in the center of your chest. I don't know that I would be super down to like have this box on my chest. But if somehow they're able to like wire all these to my watch, I already wear a watch every oh, single day. That's a good day, point. Right? They've, they've got the point. brain that's about this. It's a little bit smaller than the size of my Apple Watch. People are really accustomed to wearing a watch every single day. I think you could port this over to people's wrists and people would not mind it one bit. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. And like, think about the potentials of this, right? They're talking about how these electrodes can be made on a patient per patient basis to, you know, one, meet their needs, but also meet, you know, the requirements of their body. And obviously this is very experimental, but I'm thinking down the road, like, what if you can have a teledoc session? They're like, oh, like you want to track this vital sign and this like biometric, whatever for uh, the training you're doing before your Ironman race, cool. Here's the thing, print it out of your computer, connect it to your smartwatch, go work out for this week, and then it'll just disappear in the shower once you're done, right? Like, how how freaking cool would that be? 
and it, the the limitless opportunities it opens up for again the different kinds of uh, vital signs that you can track with any design that you want like i can get a daniel tattoo on me that tracks you know how much oxygen i have in my blood and how i'm moving my face and you know if i need to close my eyes more often because i'm staring at the screen too long that's insane we, we love wearables we love materials and this is at the intersection of both both yeah like, and that that you really hit on something there like obviously it'd be really cool if you got my if you got like me smart tattooed on you to collect all your data but also like we we should talk about getting the next bite tattooed on people right i would i would definitely sign up for that but no that being said right you're able and that's one of the competitive advantages that they mentioned here you can make a standard really boilerplate electrode to collect data on just about anyone but mm -hmm. you can also make really personalized electrodes and not just for the optics but like to be optimized to collect the best quality data on the human body and that that's really impressive because it's like you know the the location of your heart on your chest might be different than the location of my heart the best the best spot to measure it right so they're able to personalize that to the patient without necessarily having to go in and like physically measure you and be evaluated with a doctor it really allows them to democratize this super high tech um medical data collection to something that like you can slap on like a sticker and it really like we called it a smart tattoo it's really a lot more like a smart temporary tattoo yeah. right have you ever have you ever put on a te temporary tattoo i used it, to love those man. it, it sounds me? super similar right it comes yeah. on this flexible substrate you slap it onto your skin you like do a little application period you pull off the substrate and it's been transferred there it lasts for a couple of days um it looks great for a couple of days and let, let's talk about this actually they validated these in trials with mm -hmm. i think 10 different people yep um and they looked against the industry standard silver silver chloride electrodes and mm -hmm. they tried to put them in like very similar spots in the body have them be put on at the very similar time and then have people go through their normal routines which included like going for a run uh, other types of exercise and including the bathing getting dressed undressed and tried to see you know put this through the paces um and at least an auto engineering i don't know if this is the same for you like in device engineering we we'd call that like a key life test we're trying to simulate yeah. every single part of the key life of this uh electrode and make sure that it lasts so in this multi-day trial they noticed that their uh what do you call them e-gown electrodes right um their e-gown electrodes well outperformed the silver silver chloride electrodes there was less noise there was no degradation over this three-day period mm -hmm. and they actually they admitted it in their paper they're like we expected it to degrade and it didn't so there, it outperformed even their expectations based on what they thought would happen based on their their paper equations right and if you look at the paper they actually did like stress strain testing just like we did with our samples like you know you you stress it to X amount of cycles, and then you're uh, characterizing performance as it goes. And we expected to see degradation as well. And we didn't, and neither did they. So that that's like uh, the, the beauty of being, I guess, hypercritical of your work and then being surprised at the end of the day. You know, set, set the bar low, and you're always going to be uh, happy with the results. Yeah. But it's, it's so promising, and um, I love the example that you gave that, you know, what if we move away from this one analog circuit it needs to connect to when we, we think about devices outside of that. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this. They talked about how now they're looking for partners to do like co-development plan developments with and then licensing their IP. So 
it, it looks like these folks, you know, at the beginning of the paper, they were talking about, well, this solution is not great because it's not scalable. With scalability in mind, it's usually a good sign that researchers want this to actually, you know, reach people and not just stay in academia. Well, I think that, this that, is a pretty that's like team. that's one of our biggest pet peeves, right? Yeah. We hate when, you know, a super smart researcher comes with this great technology that can change, you know, change the world is like a really corny term, but it can like significantly overhaul or disrupt like the, the paradigm of a certain part of our lives, of many, many people's lives in the world. And then they let it sit on the shelf because they're super excited about developing the next cool thing and no one ever is able to implement that. So it's really cool that these researchers are now looking for partners and they're saying, you know, maybe we're really, really great at this research. We want someone else to help us develop this into a solution that we can sell. You can license, license this technology from us and go sell it and go change the world with it. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and I, I appreciate their, I think it's really noble there that they're trying to, you know, make a difference and then get that technology into the world, not just go on to writing the next paper. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. And I think that is a good spot to end the episode. What do you think? Yeah, we'll wrap it up here. All right, folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We obviously loved it. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening. As always, we will see you in the next episode. Peace. That's all for today. The Next Byte Podcast is produced by WeWelver. And to learn more about the topics we discussed today, visit WeWelver.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please review and subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or one of your favorite platforms. I'm Forbode. And I'm Daniel. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.